Hi, everybody. Mark Corona here. If you listen to the last show with Bob Lambert, the CEO of Samurai Business Group, we promised that it would be a lively and engaging discussion as both of us have been both executives running sales and marketing organizations. Well, it was as lively as we promised, so we actually recorded a part two. And if you stay on here, you'll be able to listen to that. And as always, love to get your thoughts on the program. Thanks, everybody. Please enjoy. Bob, we've talked about businesses which haven't mastered the integration alignment of sales and marketing, which are two of the critical disciplines in any business or any organization. And we've talked about a couple examples of businesses and organizations that have done a great job of aligning and integrating and are seeing material benefits in terms of growth and profitability. So for the last segment of the show, let's talk explicitly about reasons or root causes of this problem and then extract some recommendations for the audience. So I'll let you go first. Tell me what you think are some of the core reasons or the root causes for poor integration and alignment of sales and marketing. Well, frankly, it goes back to the top. And you mentioned it before, Mark. Uh, It's really about leadership and the leaders having a clear vision a clear understanding on the insights about their business, and frankly, being open and honest about that and being able to take in recommendations, suggestions, or even criticism. People shut themselves down too much. So that would be one thing is understanding what's the goal here? What are we trying to do? Getting a strategy alignment to that where everybody is in alignment. Everybody understands it. They understand where we're going, how we're going to get there. And then third would be the role that everybody has to get there. I think oftentimes there's a lot of crossover, particularly smaller companies, and you can understand that because they have to wear a lot of hats. And I deal with small mid-market companies anyway. That's where I put my uh, stake in the ground is with them. So they're wearing multiple hats. What I'm sharing with them now is particularly, you know, I've been evangelizing you. I evangelize a sales acceleration because they bring in marketing. I evangelize the interim CFOs to be able to bring that expertise in and that outside in view of a bigger kind of a situation to help these smaller mid-market companies because they don't know what they don't know. And what I find is in that particular situation, unlike the large mega company, you know, the fortunes, which have these silos that are built up, that causes a whole other problem. That's where you got some of the biggest misalignment was these silos because everybody's doing stuff in their own self-interest and they don't care about the other guy. Right. What I see the biggest thing is, and I'm sure you do too, is internal communication, internal communication. I'm aligned also with EOS, and I know you know the guys at EOS also Traction. It's a wonderful way to get everybody talking, getting everybody understanding what their roles are, everybody being able to execute against that for the bigger goal of the strategy, mm-hmm. right? And, sure. And what's, yeah. So to your point, the alignment comes in right from the top. If the leaders don't have this, if the leaders aren't really pushing their people to make sure that they're all singing on the same song sheet, they all have their role to play. It's just like an orchestra, right? What's the conductor have to do? He's taking and conducting a multiple instrument orchestra to come out with a beautiful sound. And that's really what I look at. If you look at that metaphor, is that. Or sports team. A sports team's got to be on. Each one of the members, let's take football. Each one of those members on that team, offense and defense, have to understand what their role is. And who's the orchestrator? The quarterback, in one sense, or the middle linebacker, call them the defensive role, right? Right. So everybody understands and then execution, 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 right? Yeah. Executing. So that yeah. would be my t- 10 cents on it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I'd probably offer a parallel view of that in the sense that I think you need a plan, a vision for your future, 
that everybody can believe in, right? And a lot of organizations don't have a clear view into their future opportunities, right? An investor buddy of mine will say, you can't manage what you can't view clearly, right? And so that's kind of the power of horizon growth planning or some of these future growth planning approaches is that they do provide that clarity. And then when you sort of take the team and you say, okay, so yeah, I like the virtuous cycle model, right? Which is sort of a success builds on success, right? And everybody in the business contributes to it. Whether if you're in operations, you're contributing to improve margins, growth margins, bottom line performance. If you're in sales, obviously you're contributing revenue, marketing's contributing revenue. When you get everybody focused around what that picture looks like of a a high performing organization, then it doesn't seem like anybody's particularly advantaged or disadvantaged, right? Because you're right, everybody needs to play and it needs to do their job well. And I think it's the leader's job to, in fact, you know, orchestrate and enforce that, right? And sometimes there's clarity that needs to get done. You know, I remember working in a business where I was looking for competitive analyses and, and, you know, one group said, oh, we do competitive analyses. And another group said, no, we do competitive analyses. And I said, well, if somebody could just show me one, I'd be happy, right? Of course, nobody could because they all said they wanted to do it, but nobody actually did it. And so (laughs) it was my opportunity to sort of put it where I thought it best belonged. But I think there's some good things there that are really root causes. And I think there's a better way forward, too. I mean, you and I would agree that you don't have to continue in a world where this sort of informal or, or formal sort of war between sales and marketing and continues to inhibit your forward progress or in your performance. So, you know, we've talked about a number of things that we think would help any organization be better, right? to actually connect their performance with their results by doing a better job of getting sales and marketing to work together in a consistent sort of business development or go-to-market, however you want to label it, right? An integrated business development or go-to-market approach. What would be your like one, two, three kind of recommendations, Bob? Because I mean, I I know it's, it's a little bit situational in terms of specific, but then you've seen enough different organizations and enough businesses to, if I put you on the spot and said, well, What's your top three recommendations? I'm sure you could put some. I want to back up just one minute on something too, Mark, that I I would share with you that I've run across this a lot in all different sizes of organizations. And that is really a clear understanding of what marketing is. You ask any 10 people on the street, you're going to get nine different answers. And you know that. Some people are going to talk to the tactics of marketing. They're going to talk about the brochure. They're going to talk about the commercial. They're going to talk about the SEO. They're going to talk about social media. They're going to talk about advertising or whatever. And as you know, those are all tactics you know, around a strategy, but really, really understanding what marketing is. You get a little bit better understanding what sales is because it's ones and zeros. It's a lot more definitive and a lot more defined what sales is. Marketing is kind of this ambiguous thing that people have got different ideas of what it is. And so I think that is kind of, uh, you know, the first role. And I know that's a role you have to do is clear up what is marketing, you know? <laughs> it's, well, right. It's, it's a pretty inclusive thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually... From my own experience, I've met with CEOs and one time I went down to a major customer and I was working for a Fortune 500 organization and the CEO said, why are you here? It's like, well, because, you know, you're important to us and we wanted to kind of give you executive attention. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, why are you here? Marketing makes brochures. I want to talk to the COO. It's like, okay, I get, I get the idea of that view of marketing, right? On the other end of that spectrum are organizations who 
give marketing the responsibility and the accountability for growth, for long-term growth, right? And yep. so I always ask people, well, which organization would you like to be a marketing professional in, right? So you're absolutely right. I totally agree with that. That's a great starting point. Yeah. I guess I'm going to kind of harken back to, again, a couple of things that we said earlier as far as success factors to me. Again, it starts at the top. Mark, I would just share that, you know, the success factors really are the leadership, and that's everybody sitting around clearly understanding what the goal is. Where are we going? Okay. What are we working towards? Then I would say clearly and concisely communicating that and a support of the strategy. Okay. So it's got to be clear communication that everybody understands exactly what the goal is. What is the strategy to get to the goal? And then again, empowering their teams, individuals and their teams that are responsible for their role to get to the strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that is huge today. We're hearing a lot about culture. We're hearing a lot EQ and IQ is finally starting to come into this thing because it can't just be black and white. I've told people many times that come to me because I found and co-found four companies and they say, what's the secret to success? And I said, here's the secret to success. Business is black and white. Business is black and white. People are gray. If you're going to have people in your business, you better get the gray part right. Mm-hmm. Because that's the success. When I had my agents and the businesses I had, the total success of my company basically was walking out the door every day. That was a talent that was in the four walls. It wasn't machinery. It wasn't anything else that I owned or the possessions. Yeah. Yeah. It was the talent. And the care and the feeding of that talent is, should be job number one by any leader. Yeah. And making sure that the leadership underneath him is aligned to that and that all comes together because you're going to have a very successful, very dynamic company when that happens. And I go back to my days at Nestle, why we were successful, the largest food manufacturer in the world, and why we were successful launching a product in this country that was brand new to everybody, going against some of the biggest companies in the U.S., Procter & Gamble and General Mills at the time, or General Foods at the time, and succeeding. And that was because we had marketing and sales aligned. We were all singing the same song sheet. We were all marching to the same direction. And there was clear, concise communication. Mm -hmm. Well, so two things, right? I mean, the simplest, most powerful definition of the word alignment I've ever heard sort of fits with your model. And that is that alignment is when everybody in the organization sees one of their priorities as being one of the top three corporate priorities, right? They know what they're doing matters and why it matters, right? It's that context and that straight shot between this is kind of what we're trying to do corporately and this is how you're going to support it. And I'm also kind of fond of saying it's really all about people. I mean, yeah, technology processes, you know, other things do matter. But in the end, you know, as an executive, sometimes you find 90% of your time is about getting right people in the right seats, building high-performing teams, aligning, you know, taking care of individuals along the way. So totally, totally agree with you. And I think those provide some um, good guidelines for our listeners. Yeah, the greatest joys I've had in running businesses and running companies and everything is the success of my people. I learned it early on when I got promoted into management at Nestle. They said, Bob, we understand what you can do as an individual. There's no question about that. You're in top five of of a global sales organization. You're in the top five percentile. So we know what you can do as an individual. But here's what you're going to be judged on now in management. You're going to be judged on what you do with your people. And I had mm-hmm. a lot of coaching and mentoring around that, Mark, and it was wonderful yeah. because I had to get my headset changed because, you know, I was just, you know, a solo player, 100, 
I was a high performer doing my thing. But then when I had to take on a sales team, I really had to understand now, what's my role now? What am I being accountable for? And that was a, that was a switch. Sure. It was a switch. Yeah. And it was a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. That was a tough one. But I had great coaches and mentors and they coached me through it. Yeah. I mean, historically, a lot of uh, people don't make that move successfully from a high performer, an individual player to an executive or a manager. They think they want to do it, right? But they don't appreciate the fact that they're both important roles. And yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, so Bob, let me offer a few closing points here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we'd agree revenue and profit performance are always timely, but maybe today they're even more timely as companies look for post-COVID opportunities, and they really kind of re-need to think their plans and their operations. They need to rethink their go-to-market programs too, right? Yep. As, you know, as, as the economy recovers, having an efficient and effective go-to-market model, I think to, uh, that is ready to take advantage of the coming economic tailwinds is going to be critical. And we've got some free resources that we would encourage you to look at in the program description. But I want to thank Bob for um, joining me today. And Bob, let's give our listeners your contact information and they want to pursue the conversation with you after the show. How best can they find you? Well, they can go out to the website, samuraibizgroup.com. That's S-A-M-U-R-A-I-B-I-Z-G-R-P.com. So that's abbreviation for business and group. And then they can reach me at r.lambert at samuraibizgroup.com or call me directly. I pick up my phone. I do answer it. It's 847-922-1498. That's great. Thanks again, Bob, for being a guest. I think this was a pretty fun conversation for me. I think you and I get pretty buzzed up on this topic, right? (laughs) We do. But hopefully we've given our listeners something very practical to take home with them and act on. So thanks again, and I look forward for you to join us on a future version, a future episode of the Practical CMO. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mark.